You're listening to All Marine Radio, broadcasting from Costa Mesa, California, on the All Warrior Radio Network. for some reason. Uh, welcome to All Marine Radio. And uh, got a unique show for you today. Uh, recorded it last night with the Mensa sisters. And I have to tell you that I'm not sure if you'll enjoy it, but we sure as hell did. <laughs> it's essentially a show about nothing. It's a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. We talk about a lot of stuff. Okay. So, um, if you enjoy the Mensa Brothers, you'll enjoy this. Now, for us, we did something that we've never done before, and that is we all turned on our video, <laughs> which is which turned out to be very funny. And um, so, and I originally I intended to record about thirty to forty-five minutes, and that was it, because I'm only doing an hour show. Well, this thing lasts like an hour and a half or more, something like that. And I only did, I did it because it was funny. And we talk about, as we always do, we talk about some serious stuff. Um, so, uh, without further ado today, uh, with no other ceremonial opening pitch, uh, right now you will hear The All Marine Radio Hour, starring the Mensa Brothers, doing a Seinfeld episode, a show about nothing. So, I hope you enjoy it half as much as we enjoyed it, Um, because we had a pretty good time. So, have a great day. Uh, The experience here at Cherry Point has been awesome, and it's only a day old, so... Um, I live a, I live a blessed life. Uh, I don't know any way of saying it, other, other way of saying it than that. In that, uh, by virtue of the road I've traveled in my life has brought me to a place where I can help people. And, uh, the people that come up talk to me, a bunch wanting to help other people, which, uh, you know, just touches my heart. And then others who, you know, have, uh... <clears throat> Or by themselves, they've uh, they've tried to deal with the traumatic stuff that's come into their life, and they have not found a path. And uh, met a young uh, woman yesterday, a female lance corporal. Uh, her father committed suicide. She's been to four different therapists, and so she, she just came up. She said, "I wanted to introduce myself," 
And um, I wanted to thank you because it felt like you were talking to me the whole time here today. And she said, you know, I've, I've tried, but I, I don't seem to connect with anybody. But I connected with you here today. And I said, well, you take my business card, and any time I can help you, right, all you got to do is call. And um, and then we're going to get you where you need to go, and then you're going to use this pain and help other people, right? And with that, she got very emotional. And she said, if I could do that, it would change my life. And so, I mean, I have these experiences all the time, and I, I bring them back here to you because this is my home. And so, uh, so good morning. Uh, welcome to All Marine Radio. And now, without further ado, the Mensa Brothers. Hi, I'm Colleen McNamara, and you're listening to my dad on All Marine Radio on the All Warrior Radio Network. Pop a top again. Just got time for one more round. Set him up, my friend. All Alan Jackson, all the time here on your 50,000 watt music, Mother of the Valley. KMAR. No, KAMR? Home Ring Radio? Yeah, whatever. So, uh, joining me now from uh, McAllen, Texas is uh Tim Lynch. Normally it doesn't get introduced first, but I thought I would part with uh I thought I would part with tradition and uh, introduce Timmy first. So uh Timmy, how you doing? Doing fine. I'm I'm quick on the mute button too. That's a this is a good start to a great evening, no doubt. Well you know it'll be so just so everybody knows, we're like doing video for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so this is cool. if, if we see your lips moving, right? We can yell at you now. We don't have to like wonder what's going on <laughs> no i'm on top of this uh, i bet all right and then uh joining me from san clemente california uh inside somebody's car there is jeff kenny jeff how are you i'm good thank you wow that's unusually brief for jeff kenny and also from uh, the great state of kansas the home of bob dole and uh but he's a, a child of the empire state Will Costantini. Uh, Will, how are you? Great, Mac. We had a typical upstate New York day today. Three inches of snow blowing sideways. So all is well. Are you? Do you have a function? Are you? Um, are you a snowblower guy? Are you? Do you do any of that? Well, I had to go out and shovel today because we had some people coming in. Uh, so I spent some time. I had taken a vow previously to never shovel anymore when I moved to Florida. One of the great things when you move to Florida, you get to give away your snow shovel. But then I had to rebuy them in Kansas. But the beauty of Kansas is you always have neighbors with snowblowers. And old retired guys with snowblowers love to blow snow. So I rarely shovel anymore. <laughs> okay, somebody's got a speaker on. And I know it's fucking Kenny. Speaker, I'm using my phone. I understand how you mean. You're hearing us over a speaker, yes? No, I just uh, I got my phone and I'm looking at you. That's what I, what I always do every week. 
I know, but see, when Will talks, I can hear Will through, because it's coming out of your speaker, right? You don't have a headset on, right? No. Right. Okay. Um, what, uh, what do you guys want to talk about today? I haven't watched the news. I've been, I've been doing shit. Um, you want a weather update from Cherry Point? Raining. <laughs> Raining. So, let's start with Tim. Tim's never at a loss for, uh, for news items. Tim, what's in the news? What, uh, what's got your B, what's got a B in your bonnet? Well, grand jury's in session here in McAllen, so they're 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 cleaning up all that as they go through uh, go through, go through a, uh, a year's worth of cases in a clip of about twenty six an hour. So I understand from somebody who was there, twenty six cases that, in an hour. No, fifty six. Fifty six. So they, they lump them. They lump them all together, and like this all has to do with smuggling drugs or migrants, and then there's a, a parade of of uh, government types that come in, all of whom apparently are fit and uh, 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 and look very presentable, and they delineate a list of, of, of buffoonery that these people are obviously uh, worthy of prosecution and the grand, you know, that's, that's, that's going on. And it's the first time that's happened around here for a while. And I went down and scouted out at our, our very nice luxury deluxe uh, crossing point where all the immigrants come in. Because cause down here, they, they kind of get funneled in by the wall into a certain area that's home to like $300,000 vacation homes. And they get policed up very quickly and uh, and transported out. So I went and looked at that because I figured Michael Yon's going to want to come down here and see that. So I went around and just uh, just did a little driving around this morning looking at the at the Border Patrol in action. They, uh, they pretty much on the hour round them up and <laughs> take, take them to the Catholic Relief Charities. They're gone out of the valley within 24 hours. Wow. So, oh, yeah, they don't hang They don't hang around here, man. This place is not... They, they, Mexicans can come and go as they want. That's that's. Uh, they just can't go to pass the checkpoints, but we're talking Central Americans, and they're not... They, they get they get policed up and sent out of here up to where you guys are very, 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 very rapidly. It's a, it's quite an efficient operation. Got it, got it. Will, how about yeah. you? What's on your radar? You know, I don't know if the narrative is breaking down or not. You know, uh, I saw Rand Paul uh, really went after the whole impeachment thing today on the Senate floor. And uh, uh, I think that the administration is struggling uh, because, right, they made too many promises to too many people to hold that coalition together. And it... uh, the, the central narrative is holding, but the fringes are are uh, they want their piece of the action, and there's no way they can hold it together, you know. Um, so um, we'll see when Congress really gets back into action what's going to happen in this first hundred days. Uh, Republicans haven't done anything with any of the nominations yet, um, but. I don't think it's going to be as smooth sailing, perhaps, uh, as I thought a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we'll see. Wait a minute. It is nice when you say you don't think it's going to be as smooth sailing as you thought a couple of weeks ago, um, can you refresh our memory about 
Because I, I don't remember too much of anything you say. So could you go back a couple weeks and refresh my, and refresh my well, memory? I, I, uh, I wasn't sure um, that they wouldn't be able to ram things through expeditiously. And now uh, it appears, uh, maybe and likely for their own partisan interest, um, some people are standing up. You know, they're talking about kicking Liz Cheney out of the leadership in the House. They got 200 people that came out with that, I think. Uh, they organized the Senate, and McConnell held firm that there wouldn't be uh, you know, eliminate the filibuster. Uh, the chief justice said he's not going to preside over the impeachment, so it becomes a completely partisan uh, event uh, that doesn't have a veneer of anything constitutional. Um, well, hey, can I ask you a question? I, sure. I, I mean, I just want to draw on your background as a constitutional scholar. The um. What is it? How does the chief justice say I'm out? Like, yeah, fuck it, I ain't doing that. How does that? Doesn't he have a, He says I'm out because the Constitution says that he will preside over a trial in the Senate of the president. Oh, the president is Joe Biden. Joe Biden has not been impeached, so there can't be a trial of the president in the Senate. Oh, we couldn't try Joe Biden. Like, oh, hey, we're, the president's on trial. The president's Joe Biden. Kind of a bait and switch event. Well, I mean, the the, the article of impeachment is against Donald Trump, oh. a private citizen. Fuck, I hate like you. I hate when you get me on a technicality like that. Roberts. That, Roberts got out on a technicality. So now they're. So they what's... said they were going to put Leahy in. The latest news report is that Leahy went to the hospital tonight. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, but then, if, so the the chief justice says I'm not presiding because this this impeachment doesn't apply to the president, and so then we say, okay, well we'll just get some other motherfucker to do it. Larry the cable guy, he wasn't available. Yeah, apparently historically they have impeached and tried people out of office, but I think those are organized under different rules. The Constitution, I think, is very specific that the Chief Justice shall present over an impeachment trial of the president. And so the Chief, like, if they impeach a federal judge, the Chief Justice doesn't go in there necessarily uh, to be the the, the judge. Um, and, and Roberts has said, since we're not impeaching the president, I'm not going to preside. And so now the Democrats just said, okay, we're still going to do it. But it's obviously completely partisan now as opposed to almost completely partisan before. Um, and that's, to me, that's sort of uh, interesting. That's, you know, that's why you pay lawyers. They find things like that. Uh, and Roberts is apparently a pretty good lawyer. So he says, I'm not going to put my name on top of that. Thing. So, um you know, I don't know. Uh, has has the the support that Trump had on uh, January seventh has it degraded at all in the last two weeks? I don't think so. Uh, and so, the idea that this is somehow not a partisan event hasn't washed. 
with all the people that support him. And those people are somewhere north of 55 million voters and somewhere north of 100 and something million Americans. Um, so, uh, an interesting twist. And we're going to spend, what, a week, a week and a half, two weeks of Senate time in the Hold first on. hundred are days? You, are you watching Timmy? With his mouth open, staring at his screen, and then pounding on his keys. Timmy, I've got an email from somebody this week that said, would you tell fucking Tim Lynch when somebody else is talking to either mute his microphone or stop fucking typing? I will indeed. I thought I had muted myself. My apologies. I'm not typing. You can see my hand. No, I can tell. Wait, this is the beautiful thing. Right? You could hear Kenny mouth breathing. <sighs> right? <laughs> you, you can hear Lynch pounding on his keys. It sounds like he's playing the fucking bongo drums. I was I was trying to see what the average age of a Soviet Polterboro member was and how old Patrick Leahy was. And Leahy's older than a Polterboro member. So it's sort of appropriate that he has a Polterboro-like incident before he gets uh, put in the spotlight. Oh, he's in the hospital. Let's just reference something. You know, when we were on the LST together in 1989, I was a company XO. And one of the duties of the lieutenants was to go into Jeff's room and make sure he was still breathing because he was old. So the fact that he's mouth breathing doesn't disturb any of us. So he's we're just happy that he's still breathing. He's a t- uh, it would have been complicated. It would have been complicated had he not been breathing. I mean, complicated for me. And so I wanted to make sure he kept breathing. So don't <laughs> complain about hearing Jeff breathe. Hey, right. I, I, I apologize. I, I apologize, Timmy, fucking goof. Okay, Will, can you sum up your constitutional expertise? I like you as a constitutional scholar, by the way. I think, that, I think you have game. Hey, right out of Wikipedia. No, I, I think the Constitution says that the Chief Justice presides over a trial of the president and... Since we're not going to have a trial of the president, we're going to have a trial of a private citizen. He said he's not going to do it. And so they put in, they can either put in the president pro tem, which I think is the senior member. Leahy, I think, has the highest seniority of the Democratic Party. Or they could have put in the president of the Senate, who's the vice president. And it's bad enough optics if Leahy's there, but think of the optics if Kamala Harris no, you, one can only one can only hope Leahy's in the hospital for a while, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, the Kabuki dance—that would be it, awesome. Yeah. So you know that has slowed down. Although the other, a lot of other things have not slowed down. You know, um, like what? We'll see. Well, the the you see the. All the executive orders that have come out. Oh, yeah. Uh, that stuff has not slowed down. And he's had to pay off some of the people that were allied with him, the transgender activists. So think of the people that got girls that play girls sports now who are Democrats. They're in a bind, right? Joe Biden has said it's perfectly okay to have boys be in girls sports. Or just think of people who are Democrats who have daughters in high school. It's okay for boys to be in girls' locker rooms. So those things, people thought, oh, Biden, he's this moderate. He's a decent guy. Well, not necessarily by his action. And maybe those people have a little bit of buyer's remorse. I saw something, one of the tribes out west who uh, 
I think has got petroleum on their lands. You know, they put in the yeah they put in a ban. And the Utes have said, you know, we supported the Democrats, and we got double crossed on the, you know, the second day of the, of the, uh, of the administration. And uh, you know, there's something too. If that would have happened four years ago, it would have been racist, right? Um, but it's acceptable here. So those parts of that narrative are going to fray on those far edges. Uh, you know, the idea that some Republicans have manned up, like Rand Paul, uh, is good. We'll see how, if they continue to man up. Um, you know, they, what they, what the Republicans have got to fear the most is this idea of a patriot party. The Trump coalition taking their ball and forming a third party, because that means neither of them will ever be in office ever again and the republicans can't have that so they've got to find a way to bring that trump voter back into the party enthusiastically uh so they've got to fight this stuff um there's been some minimum pushback maybe they're recognizing that they're going to have to fight for people out there um and slow some of this insanity down um before we get crashed by the title we'll see yeah, I think there's going to be an insanity fest. Uh, I want to ask uh, Jeff Kenny. Jeff, um, this might be the longest you've ever been silent. Um, Maybe. What, um, what's in your head today? What's in the wonderful wild kingdom of Jeff Kenny's brain today? Well, uh, first of all, I don't think there ever was uh, very many people who were impressed with President Biden. And the time, you know, the uh, the election got called. And I think what the Democrats have done with, uh, you know, the kabuki dance on uh, on the 6th of January, it was basically just like we trained the North Vietnamese how to fight us by not using enough force to uh, decisively defeat them. And the same thing with the insurgency in Iraq and Afghanistan. They are they have basically showed the Republicans or the at least the the uh the anti-Democrats, how to behave, what you can get away with and what you can't. Because it sticks out like a dog's balls on the news when the the, uh, the stuff, the depredations that happen and continue to happen in uh, places like Minneapolis, uh, Seattle, Portland, Tacoma, this stuff goes on, it's ignored. But, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the capital thing, which is doubtful population, apparently those folks were on the move before Trump even finished his speech. Um, you know, people are seeing that now, and, and it's like confirming for them. We got a fight on our hands, and I tell you what, I think uh, the, the big, the, the big desperation that uh, people like uh, Susan Rice and the real people who are running the administration—they're kind of in a quandary. Do we push super hard now and get as much stuff in as we can before the 2022 elections, or do we back off a little bit and kind of let the dust settle? But I think that most of them are for pushing, for trying to impeach the pre- former president, to uh, to jamming stuff down people's throats like that ridiculous uh, transgender thing and the stuff with the uh, that, that Will was talking about with the uh, you know kids play- boys playing on girls teams and stuff like that. So it's outrageous. It's the type of thing that uh, reverberates above the actual number of incidents because of the you know the outrageousness of it. So I think. Uh, you know, 
we kind of called it a couple weeks ago. These guys overreached, and they're going to pay for it. You know, they're overreached, and they're going to—they're too far over their skis. I think, uh, and that's going to bite them. And not in a violent way. Just uh, you know, they're just going to already in the polls. Biden never was really that popular. Never that impressive. You know, I, I think uh, he's going to just get swamped. Is that it? Is that all you have between yeah. your ears right now? Yeah. That's unusual. Normally you have a vast uh, array of uh, of uh, cerebral events going on. Timmy, do you want to comment on anything? That's a good point, though. Let me just say this. I think that seeing your guys' faces is, like, it's depressing me. Because uh, when it was just a blank screen, I could just imagine you guys, uh, particularly you, Mac. But seeing you, it just it makes me want to shut up and, you know, <laughs> Let you talk. <laughs> really? I you, you've never been that easily intimidated. I mean, Will intimidated you, I know, but by the rest of us, not so much. <laughs> None of you motherfuckers intimidated me in the least and ever did. <laughs> I never intimidated him, but I had leverage. That was it. So. Yeah. Well, being the... Being the and plus, I agreed with him most of the time. The, uh, hey, let me just tell you, everybody that contacts me, right, you know who the favorite character is of All Marine Radio? The Nightingale. The Nightingale. Yeah. No, they love the Nightingale. Like, he's a sub-character of Jeff, right? They love the Nightingale, right? They love when Jeff embraces his own Nightingale-ship, yeah. right? Because I agree with everything, because of my Nightingale... <laughs> People think that shit is hilarious. Because, like all former, all former officers who served the Quantico from 90, 90 to ninety three or whatever, we appreciate the humor of the absurd. <laughs> ah, Timothy, you have any? Would you like to comment on anything Will or Jeff said? I, I absolutely do. And the first thing I want to say is for the hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Explain to everybody the cut in your forehead. So we started what, looking at each other last night, and, you look, <laughs> and Tim looks like a seventeen-year-old with a zit in the right, right, right. He's got the cyclops going. And so I said, Tim, oh, yeah. what happened? And it's a minor, it's a minor scrape. So I'm sneaking out of my bedroom door in the middle of the night. I don't want to wake my wife up. So I get up right next to the door, and I'm slowly pulling the bedroom door open, and I pull it right into my forehead. <clears throat> not hard. Not not that bad. And I feel it. I'm like, God damn it. And Because I got blood now. I'm like, I cannot believe this. I'm like a bleeder. Uh, it doesn't take well, much wait a minute. to get the— How do you get that when you're gently opening the door? I, I probably wouldn't gently enough. You know, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying I was Look. gradually open the door. I got it open so it wasn't making sound. Then I pull it rather rapidly because I had to go to the bathroom. You see, I'm I'm working against the time pressure of an old man's bladder, and, and I don't want to <laughs> and I don't want to wake uh, wake up my wife. So so it was so it was a it was a, it was a gentle so. right opening of the door. The door. Then you whip the thing open because I'm, I'm okay. in a hurry because no, I've been laying in the bed trying to get back to sleep thinking I don't have to get, but I had to. You know, it's one of these annoying things. It's, uh, it only happens only happens when you get old, I'm afraid. Huh? But I wanted to you can get a ca- You can get a catheter and sleep in bed all night. Oh, uh, dude, I was a corpsman. I used to put catheters into people. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not up for that. <laughs> I'm t- I don't want to ever see that again. No, no, no. I've had enough of that. And I wanted to state that me and Jeff Kenny have been best friends since the day we met. Never, never a crossword, always nothing but love between me and Jeff. 
That's yes, what sir. I wanted to say because I agree with everything he said for once. <laughs> but I'm not going to do the Nightingale thing. I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to raise an Wait issue. Wait a minute! You just I, agreed with everything, and you're not going to be the Nightingale. No, I'm going to I'm going to dive off in a different direction here, bro. Going in a different direction. Going to do a little Mitch McConnell quote for you. You ready? Of course. Here's Mitch McConnell. I don't. I I I cut this. I don't know when I did this. Probably a month ago. But here's what he said apparently a month ago. <laughs> drifting, we're drifting apart into two separate tribes with a separate set of facts and separate realities with nothing in common except our hostility towards each other and mistrust for the few national institutions we still share. I think that's a when did he when, when did he say that like 9 years okay, ago? Okay, now this is this no, this must have been in December or or November. I cut stuff out, but I don't always and, and put it in this yeah. big file. So Mitch, I hey, Mitch McConnell, a firm grasp of the obvious. Yeah, nice going, I mean, Mitch. There it was. But I, but I I'll tell you, you this. Fuck. Um like I've said in the past, a lot of this stuff seems designed to demoralize and humiliate us because it's so ridiculous. And this, uh, uh, the one thing that Trump was always stressing and that a lot of us have stressed over the years is we're energy independent. And now we're putting that in jeopardy. And I must point out that the government just can't pull leases like that. They can't order. There's clauses in those leases. They've got to pay money if they're going to shut those things down like that. That's expensive. Or they allowed to, to, to drill out the lease. They they've got contractual obligations. I would say that's what's going to happen. Sign away with the pen, right? Right. I would say that's and, what's going to happen. Then they'll be able to sign out, to drill out the lease. Hey, oh, I, yeah, I, not, let me ask oh, you a quick yeah. question. Um, do you think that I should be excited about winning the Nigerian lottery right now? Nope. No. 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 I'd stay away from Nigerians. The only thing you want to know about Nigeria is they've got no COVID deaths for some reason. It's weird. They've got like 300 in the whole country. Go figure. So you and that's true. So you don't think that I should respond to this Nigerian lottery winner uh, email I just got? <laughs> hey, I t- I'll tell you what. I've got a, I've got a Nigerian in my uh, public af- uh, affairs class, you know, graduate school. Sharp, sharp guy, too. Well, if sure. I forward sure. it, if, you, if I forward it to him, you, will you forward it to him? And he can absolutely not. He can certify. I, I like this guy. He would. <laughs> he can certify it. He can certify it for it, or put his Most, personal information on it because that's what they're asking for. Yeah, of course they are. But the, but the fact of the matter is, is that black Africans who immigrate to the United States do very well, education and financial wise, much better than native born whites. That's for sure. They're way up there in Nigeria. There. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're smart as hell. And this guy's pleasant. I like listening to him. He's a very smart cat. But no, I would ignore the Nigeria thing. And I would also point out that in the state of Texas, the federal government owns not one acre of land. So we'll, we'll drill. What What's going to happen is everything's going to come back into Permian Basin. Prices goes up. We get lots of money, um, which ain't bad for us, but it sucks to be the rest of the country. You know what I mean? How and, and much? I, and I cannot. How believe. much did the forehead wound bleed? Oh no, no, just a little. That's just like a dude. This will be gone by 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 the end of the week. This is just a little scratch. It just looks bad because it's discolored. That's all. It's, little, okay. it's a minor thing, bro. Why are your glasses tinted? Are you like a cool guy? No, this for wills are working on the uh, wills aren't these tinted. Are, wills are like normal American glasses. No, no, yeah, they're, for, are, they're for working on a on a screen. They're they're specially designed to to give your eyes a break when you're working on the screen all the time. Got Mine it. are like this because these are the free ones you get as a retired person when you send them your prescription. <laughs> no I shit. You, 
Thank you to our government. Nothing but the best for our veterans. One pair a year. The, those, are, those are BCDs for old people? And you don't get to go to the eye doctor on base. You have to just bring them your prescription. Yeah. Nice. Isn't wow. it? There you go. Wow. Wow. How impressive. Who knew? Hyman, yeah, Co- Hyman Constantini. I did. I actually went to the eye doctor up at Fort Leavenworth, and they said, uh, sir, you can't come here. But if you give us a prescription, <laughs> we'll give you a free pair of $3 glasses. So I do. <laughs> uh, I'm, running, I'm running up to San Antonio awesome. to get my pair. That's awesome. That's the difference between Joe Biden and Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford was president. They gave away free cheese. <laughs> That's a fact, right? That's a fact. Yeah. During the during the Patty Hearst thing. Yeah. Free cheese yeah. for everybody. Free Patty Hearst. Okay. Yeah. All right. Will, would you care to comment on anything Tim said? And any of the earth shaking things that Timmy just waxed eloquent about? No, but I just I just perused Marine Corps Times. Uh, yes. Remember that that special forces guy that uh, got killed in Mali? Yeah, yeah, strangled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's like a I didn't know there's a big trial and I guess they're all going to they're all going to uh, testify against this marine. Yeah, the gunning. That he was like the chief conspirator of it. That's oh, crazy. Okay. Well, yeah, the the Navy's Naval Special Warfare guy reduced to E1, 10 years in the brig, forfeiture of all mm-hmm. pay allowance. Um he pled guilty. I don't think that one went to trial. Um, that was a bit of a plea bargain, but I mean, it's just the stupidest shit. I mean, yeah, uh, it's just again, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. Jeff, what do you have to say about that? You always have things insightful to say about violent crime. Well, you know, uh, when I first came to the Marine Corps, they had these books you could buy paperback at the PX, and it was Blood Letters and Bad Men, and uh, it was all crimes that happened throughout history, mainly American, though, you know? And uh, you should, the stuff that happened in the 20s and 30s, places like Hawaii, you know, and uh, the, the murders and stuff, uh, unbelievable. So, I mean, we've been, you, know, you get a bunch of people together, and they and they do, a lot of the, uh, you know, um, there was a guy who was a, like a hero uh, from World War One who, uh, you know, he, went, he flipped out, turned out he's just like a, Women and stuff. You know, he's killing people, and uh, so it's like, uh, you know, that's just your tawdry. The thing that Will is talking about, you, you, that's just your tawdry guys getting out of control, and you know, and uh, and murdering somebody. I mean, I think they actually. I, mean, I don't know if they even meant to murder the guy, did they? Or, or did they? They said they did. They, they said like he drove past them while they were walking, or some bullshit, and they were going to teach him a lesson oh, and fuck with him. Oh yeah, yeah. You know you can't can't let that, can't let that go. And uh, yeah. no, it's just stupid. You know, hey, how did we get to? How did we get Hawaii? How does Hawaii become a, a, an American territory in a state? How did it become one? Um, I think that was, uh, you know, uh, Admiral Perry, right? And, no, uh, no, no. It, it became a state the day I left, 1959. No, but I mean, it's a territory. Yeah. It really, it was, you, know, you know, obviously Pearl Harbor wasn't a state yet, you know, but uh, when, when the when they got attacked. But it was an important base, you know. It's a long fucking stretch. 
<laughs> How do we get it, across though? Across the Atlantic. Across the Atlantic nothing compared to trying to get across the Pacific. How do we get Hawaii, though? Who do we take Hawaii from? Anybody? Yeah, I don't really know. The Hawaiians. There was no, there was no other European power that claimed the island. But, I mean, European powers have been landing in the island for a long time before it became a protectorate of ours. So we just yeah. landed I think, there? I think it's, it's got to be the Monroe Doctrine type. According to another historian, James Michener, the first uh, the first groups of people that were there were whalers who were looking for good libo because the women were very, you know, that Polynesian culture was very much like uh, like the Philippines for us in the 70s and 80s. And then the... Uh, what do you mean? And the missionaries, missionaries came. And the first thing they did was uh, spread the common cold and a couple of venereal diseases and almost wiped the native population out because they had no resistance. Yeah. And... Um, and eventually, uh, you know, you had uh, some dominant families that, you know, made money off the plantations there. And uh, military, you know, became, uh, you know, we all were reading the books about, uh, you know, by, uh, by uh, Toll and, uh, you know, Hornfisher. But in the early, when they're describing, like, how Mayhem got started and everything, you see the beginnings of how important it was to have people out there in Hawaii, you know, from a strategic, you know, point of view. But, um, well, is yeah. it is it Mahan or Mahan? I always said Mahan, but I think I've heard other people say Mahan. But uh, well, Will's a naval like Nil- right? Will's a naval academy guy. He he, yeah, he knows the answer right. to this. They would have said Mahan at your at your at your school. Hey, I have a question for you, Will. A a Marine Colonel named what Commandant a Midshipman. Or yeah, commodore of of uh, of minis. I think he's the I think he's the third one. So Alan yeah, was the first one. Alan was the first one. And then there was a guy about four or five years ago. A guy, uh, artillery guy. Uh, and now this what, guy, what another up? artillery guy. Interesting in that um, you know when I was there. I don't know it was law. It may have just been policy that no more than 16 and two-thirds of the class could go to Marine Corps. But for the past 15 years, since the war came on, it's been 25% of the class has become Marines. And the commandant gets no vote on the Naval Academy. The superintendent of the Naval Academy, three-star, works for the CNO. And... well, we're, it's our single largest commissioning source. Um, you know, and the, the Navy has gone so far as to say, oh, sometime in the last 10, 15 years, that there wasn't a Marine general qualified to be the superintendent. Uh, of course but not. But now they've had, now they've had uh, I think they only had one Navy guy in between these two Marines. So I don't know if they see something good there. Uh or it's a way to co-opt the Marine Corps and what the hell they're doing. No idea. Um, yeah, but it's uh, strange. I thought when they put John Allen in there that there wouldn't be another Marine coming out for 50 years. Because um, how do you follow that? You know, the guy was, I think, a brigade commander when he was there. He won the award as the best teacher when he was there. Uh, he was all of that. And no other Marine could come close to those qualifications. But the fact that they've done it two out of the last three is sort of interesting. Very very nice insight, Will. Thank you. 
Are you on a rowing machine there, Mac, or what? <laughs> I am. Caught you. Well, Will caught uh, – Will's a Naval Academy guy. I wanted to – you know, I thought I should do something nautical and start rowing. You look like Charles Heston there, man. Ben Hurt. <laughs> This is not a good thing. Okay, what uh, what else is going on in the news? Um, Grant Newsham told me that he thinks that um, that the Biden administration might not, you know, come off the Trump stance in the Pacific. That initial indications uh, from uh, Blink One Eighty Two. What's that guy's name? Anthony Blinker. Bl- Oh, Bl- yeah. Blipman? New Secretary of State. Yeah. Right. right. Anthony Blinkmaster. Um, he, um, yeah, he says that he doesn't, you know, the first overtures, China immediately, you know, surged air, 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 uh, aircraft of different varieties that hadn't been over the straight of Taiwan all over the place and kind of testing the Biden administration in the first few days. So he said, uh, yeah. he said they said the right thing. So he said, we'll see. We shall see. So I, I, that was kind yeah, of. Yeah, think about that, though. You know, I mean, Wall Street was 100% all in for China. The idea that Biden is going to be tough on China, I think that's a. Yeah. I, I... I think the, the what, what Grant was talking about would be a pro forma response. I mean, that's automatically what they're going to do. The guy hasn't even. What does that office. mean? What does pro forma response mean? That's like it very means like it, it, they get a provocation from China. They've got they've got a, a reaction that's going to express the United States views about Taiwan. I don't think that they're going to change your messaging on Taiwan, even if you end up until you end up developing some type of policy you can implement. And the other thing is as as. Yeah, but Timmy, that's a big that's a big deal, even because, you know, the fear has always been the Democrats are going back to ignoring Taiwan. Let's just pretend right, right those 18 million people just really aren't there. We don't know that there aren't. But but until they until they make some type of policy decision, I, I believe in they're going to they're going to go back to the default mode, which right now is we're going to. And, and it's a good I, I mean. Let us assume that everybody in administration is not stupid because they're not. They're not all of them caught up in this socially progressive nonsense. And uh, there should be some people here who can understand that having Taiwan and supporting Taiwan is a good leverage with China. I mean, this isn't this doesn't take a, it's not rocket surgery to quote a Canadian comedian. But um, but so I'm not that impressed that he did that. I'm heartened that it, that he did that. But uh I I I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see because this this we're in uncharted territory as far as I'm concerned. Got it. Got it. Give me another news item, Jeffrey. Anything else in the news that that? Uh... Yeah. Well, apparently the Chinese are building a wall between uh, Myanmar and uh, and Vietnam on their borders, like a Trump type wall. Oh, really? It's kind of bizarre. I'm trying. Well, to, let me tell you. I think why would they? If you need a wall built, you need a wall built. They have some experience. (laughs) And uh, like, uh, is there a lot of people trying to get into China? I just can't see it. So I don't know. You know, I don't know. Will Will would know. Yeah, he's a China expert. Uh, No, that I don't claim to be. (laughs) Come on, Will. Look, once I anoint you, all you got to do is embrace it, and then like. 
Run with it. <laughs> Just sound eloquent and don't hesitate into the answer. Yeah, I saw that news item, and I couldn't figure it out either. They're building a wall. That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Has it, have, have any of you been to the Great Wall of China? No. no. Never. Wow. Yeah, when I was uh, when I was at ICAF, you know, you do these industry studies, and a big part of that is foreign travel. And probably, so oh, half of the industry travel was to China to these different groups. And I purposely chose the transportation study because we were going to go to Europe. And I said, I've spent enough time in a third world; I don't need to go see China for that. And uh, people were all excited to go to China, and I just, I never could understand. You know, there's like one, there's like over a billion Chinese there, and you can't drink the water. So why would you want to go do that? Uh, Go somewhere civilized. You know, the per diem rate in London and Paris was $210 a day. Um, Go somewhere civilized. Nice. And get yourself an elderly faculty advisor that like to knock off at about 3 in the afternoon. So you can spend your per diem. You know, those China guys, they were like working. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I wandered into Kowloon, matter of fact, when I was a, a platoon commander with Willie Buell. Who were, and, and me and him wandered into it. We, wa- we wanted to find a Chinese restaurant that served authentic Chinese food. It was Thanksgiving Day. It would have been 1987. And, and we found one. They didn't have it. They didn't speak English. They had no English menus. They bought us all this stuff. 87? 80, no, it would have been 88. Yeah, it would have been 88. Yeah, yeah no, I was I would no, I would have been further I'd have been further west. I'd have been in the IO. 85 in North Arabian no, Sea then, but Yeah, it would have been 87 that Thanksgiving. But the thing about legitimate Chinese food is there's no mistake in what you're eating because if it's chicken, there's beaks and feet and shit in there, you know? <laughs> and they, so you're serving all this stuff, and they're making a big fuss over it. So they're giving us beer, and it's me and Willie Buell, a couple other lieutenants, Blake Sprayberry. I, I can't remember who. I remember Buell, though, because we were toasting, and we just ate all this stuff and ran up a humongous bill. And uh, it was most enjoyable, but kind of disgusting because there's no mistake in what you're eating, man. It's not nice. It wasn't what we were. It wasn't the experience we had. We thought we were going to get, but we had a good time, as I remember. Yeah. No, Hong Kong, man, come on. Yeah. One I said it was nice back then. Yeah, one of the great cities in, in the world. Used to be. Used to be. Yeah. Um, no, I was there. I was there in, in the December of '87. Oh, you just missed us, man. Yeah. Yeah, we were there in '87. Yeah, you know what? I know what I'll never forget is you went and uh, you went across the, the the on the ferry to what Victoria right, right. Victoria Island, uh-huh. is it right? Right, right. And they had all these skyscrapers with Santa on them, lights, mm-hmm. and and there was scaffolding on the outside that went up stories. And you got yeah. close and you looked at it; it was bamboo. Yeah, bamboo scaffolding, yeah. Bamboo scaffolding held together with leather straps. Just like Singapore. Yeah, it's amazing. And and this shit went up like, I don't know how many stories, and you're like, whoa. (laughs) I know. It was was cool seeing that kind of stuff. But uh, Hong Kong was nice back then, and we played a rugby game against the Brits and beat the hell out of them, so that was even better. Well, you know, you get around, people speak English, right? 
Oh, yeah, they all spoke English. Yeah. Not not in Kowloon, not when you go out on the floating boat uh, city. That yeah. was kind of weird. But we took a long time walking out there. And Chinese people were thrilled. They thought we were funnier than shit. God only knows what we were drinking, though. It was, a, it was pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, Timmy, do you have a favorite city on the planet? Favorite city that you've ever I, been to? I, 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 Other than Macau. Fond of Amsterdam. I am fond of Amsterdam. But I haven't spent a whole lot of time there. I'm fond of Wiesbaden, Germany. But I didn't spend a whole lot of time there either. Those are two cities that I really enjoy. My favorite place that I that I know and would go to is, is Dubai. I, I like Dubai. How about you? But you have to have money to be hanging out in Dubai. So yeah. I would like to go there. Were I a recipient of excessive amount of money I could spend? But that's a nice place. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Jeffrey, how about you? have a favorite city in the world you've been? Um, well, my favorite year of my life was the year I was in Tehran. There you go. But because um, it was interesting every day. For You're sure. just saying that to piss Lori off. <laughs> But I have to tell you, I think the best, nicest place I ever was, was in 1988, we were in Palma, Mayorga. We were in Palma. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, everything about it was nice, you know what I mean? Uh, Got it. was it. a libo port, you know what I mean, for us. Got it. How about you, Will? Got a favorite city? Um, I think outside the U.S., uh, Jerusalem. Um that's a nice city, yeah. It's yeah. really it's it's spectacular in uh you know, I'm no Bible scholar, but you there's places there you can stand and see like seven places that are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> and uh and I was lucky I spent a lot of time there when I was uh doing the job for the Secretary of State and one time uh I got a private tour uh up on Temple Mount, Dome of the Rock. Ooh. So I got to see the Muslim side of it, which not a lot of people get in uh, to be able to see. Uh, and I was I was with a guy, not that time, but a guy there named Darren Duke, who uh, just oh, yeah. retired Marine Colonel, you know, the, probably the greatest linguist uh, that I ever knew in the Marine Corps. Uh, and he was a Marine attache. And we'd be traveling around Israel and Jerusalem in particular and this is a guy that uh, he knew the Bible inside and out. And he could tell you where you were and what Bible uh, verse these places were mentioned in. Uh, and it was really just, it was, but Israel to visit is a really stunning place. Yeah. Uh, and in one year I was there, I've probably been there 25 times. I was there like every third weekend and week for about seven months and traveled the entire country, uh, except way down in the Negev, which there's nothing there. You might as well be in 29 Palms. But everywhere else in the country, I was able to travel. And uh, so I really, I really, I liked Israel and I really liked Jerusalem. And, yeah, and yeah. I was, I, I've been very lucky. Um, you know, I've been to Istanbul and Rome. I know my way around Paris and London, Berlin, uh, New York. Hey, Will. Will, can I tell them about Akima and Alcala and your adventure there? Yeah, that that was in uh, Izmir. Turkey. So. <laughs> yeah. so we had these two cooks, uh, Alcala and Akima, and they they got caught uh, making booze, I think, on the ship. And um, 
So they were uh, they they were like restricted to shipping. The only the first time they got off was Izmir, and they went UA. And uh, Will had to track them down. Will Will got would you? They escaped in Izmir, and Will got them in Istanbul. And uh, remember that? You know, I remember that was a that was a great saga of our LST. You know, Will. Well, it's even better than that. Yeah. The, the day we we tra- we we tracked them down in Izmir. And Turkey had won like the European Cup soccer championship or something like that. The Izmir team, had won. and so when we were on the ship, we were using Liberty launches to get ashore. It looked like there was a revolution going on, <laughs> and I've got to go track these two guys down who are in custody and drag them over to the big deck, turn them in, and get two other cooks to come over to our ship for us. Yeah. And uh, it was. Things are coming back to me now. One oh, and by the time I got over there, our Liberty launch had shut down, so I couldn't yeah. get back to my ship. So I got on the Whidbey Island was using ships boats. I got on the Whidbey Island, uh, and I'm sitting on the back of this thing, and I say, "Hey, you got to take me over to Spartanburg County." You know, like, well, sir, we're not going there. I said, "Yeah, we're we're going there." Uh, <laughs> and then the sailor <laughs> next to me on the back of the Liberty launch is drunk. And he lights up a cigarette. And I'm like, I've had enough of everyone. And I say, hey, put it out. And the guy stands up like he wants a fight. And there's two master-at-arms that happen to be on there because it's the last Liberty boat. And there's a bunch of drunken sailors. They proceed to tackle the guy, uh, you know, arm behind the back. I think that they actually put him in handcuffs. <laughs> they drive me back to the ship. Well, because he was the XO of the Whidbey Island. That's what it is. <laughs> And Jeff, this was, this was, I believe that's the day that Dan Hodges commandeered the Liberty launch. Oh, yeah. And we circled around the Guadalcanal yeah. throwing beer cans yeah. against the <laughs> side of the Guadalcanal. Yeah. Dan Hodges gave the guy a Zippo lighter and yeah, we were driving the Liberty launch around the harbor. And we didn't see we didn't see General Blackman was our battalion commander. We didn't see him for like a couple of months because we went off to Egypt and stuff. And he says, "You know, I think we're in Palma." And he we said, were. "You know, I had this vision of a, a night on the Gua, standing there in the Guadalcanal, looking off and seeing a Liberty launch with being driven by Lieutenant Hodges. You know, and people throwing beer cans, and we're like, oh, you know." But I remember oh, that's this night. That's the night. The, the first lieutenant on our ship was a good guy. Yeah. And he was always busting with balls. And so we were, we were going to get him drunk out in town and get him a court tattoo. Well, we couldn't find a tattoo parlor in Kashmir. So we got back to the ship in the Liberty launch, and they stripped his pants off and got the entire crew up on the side of the ship, and he had to run up the ladder half naked. So he gets into his stateroom and locks the door. And the supply officer gave Joe Rutledge and Dan Hodges the key. And they went in there with a red lens flashlight and a pair of clippers, and we're going to give them a high and tight. And the next morning, this guy is flying the next morning to go to the Naval Academy to be on the staff. And he had the famous bear bite haircut. <laughs> That's right. And they had to wake the barber up early to give him a high and tight so that he could get on the airplane and go. And... 
we wonder why our company commander never made lieutenant colonel. <laughs> yeah. You know, those two guys, Akima and Alcala, Akima was like a six foot two skinny Japanese American, and Akima was a short, squat Mexican dude. Mexican or Puerto Rican, Alcala. And uh, I remember Will was fucking pissed, man. It seemed like he was trekking through Turkey to, find, to try to find those two guys. Why? Well, I don't. Uh, were they civilian cooks? No, 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 they were Marine Marine. cooks. They were Marines. But they had, they had been busted for making booze down right. in the galley and put on... Is that wrong? ...whatever Class 42 Liberty they could never get off. And so the last <laughs> night in Izmir, we gave them Cinderella Liberty, and they probably went UA. And me as a company XO had to go track them down and bring them to justice. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> didn't, you so have, we'll, didn't you have staff NCOs? You couldn't uh, trust. Him. Yeah, well, what's I had to go explain. I had to go explain to the battalion XO why these two guys had gone UA, and why we were going to turn them into battalion and get two new cooks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't understand wow. why you were the posse though. We have staff NCOs that do stuff like oh, that. No, Was it your like moment to get a Navy com or something? What were you doing? No, I I had somebody with me. I couldn't tell you who. Uh, yeah, but Will Will had a talent for dealing with those, uh, like the Turks and the Egyptians. We went to Egypt, just was, our company, just our just, ship. And Will intimidated the fuck out of the, I guess, the Egyptian army or whatever, because they were scared. No, don't let the Constantine come to, to visit us, you know, because but, uh, they weren't, first they wouldn't let us get off the dock. And then, uh, so Will ironed all that shit out. That float was a lot of good training, a lot of good libo. Like me and Joe, when we were in Israel, Joe and me went to Masada. That is a fascinating place, you know. Yeah. yeah. What's so What was what was fasc- What was fascinating about? Well, it's uh, the siege that the Roman Tenth uh, Legion had on the place around. Uh, Right around the time Nero got uh, overthrown. Well, we know that, but what makes it fascinating to a Mensa well, like you? The way the, way the Romans did it, it was like it went straight up. It was like a like almost like a mesa, and the Romans built a uh, a ramp. They engineered a ramp, and uh, so you get close enough to degrade to uh, you know to prosecute siege. So it was it was more of an engineering feat. And you look out there from the side of down. They still have it laid out. All the Roman tents. They were laid out uh, like rock shapes, where they because they, they, there's no uh, there's no wood, there's no tent pegs or anything like that. They use rocks to hold the, the sides of the tents down. But every tent, everything was laid out mathematically. You know, it's interesting. Masada is this. It's this column of stone that right. just rises out of the desert, and, and they committed suicide rather than give up. There's a path that goes up now in the Israeli army when they graduate from like OCS or boot camp. They do the graduation ceremony on the top of it. And the Romans, to get at them, basically built this ramp. They took the desert and moved it so they could walk up to the top of this thing. And once the Israelites of those days figured out they were going to do it, instead of being captured, they jumped off of this thing, committing suicide. So it's a huge Israeli military monument. And it's yeah. It's down you from the top of it you can see out to the Dead Sea. It's yeah. out in the middle of the desert. The West Bank 
traces so that it's actually Israeli territory on the Dead Sea for just a couple of miles, and then it became Palestinian part, so the Israelis could still get there. And right. uh, we went down there one time, climbed up there, and uh, yeah, it's a cool place. And then, why did they why did they jump off? Because they didn't want to be captured by the Romans. So but they, I didn't think the Romans were up there yet. They they were going to be up there. They their, built this ramp. Hey, Jeff, they, was that the deployment when uh, Rabin got shot? Um, I don't think so. I, I don't know, man. That was eighty. That was eighty nine. It was like the first half of eighty nine, and I don't remember when he uh, when he got shot. But I don't remember any because we were in Israel for a long time. Yeah, but don't, weird, uh, don't you remember we were on Liberty in in Tel Aviv when he got shot? Yeah, maybe you're right. I mean, I. I just don't remember that part. There's a great, there's a great story. We were in Liberty in Tel Aviv, and one one ambulance drives by, and uh, all of a sudden, people in these bars start looking at their TVs, and the bars start closing. Uh oh. And as the bars are closing, we're getting pushed away. We eventually end up on the beach right by the U.S. Embassy, and there's like this all-night cafe. And they got a TV up there, and uh, yeah, I think Shimon Perez is talking, sometimes in English, sometimes in Hebrew. And there's a woman sitting next to us who's translating the Hebrew for us. And uh, we say, and I, you know, someone said to her, well, everyone must be sad. And she says, no, nah, Rabin was a dog. Because <laughs> uh, he had made overtures for peace, right. and the bunch of Israelis didn't agree with that. Right. And then here's the best part. So she's, you know, what do you? Uh, we're Marines. We're here for training. And someone says, "Well, what do you do?" And she says, "I beers." You what? I beers. You beers? No, I beers. You know, pierce your ears, pierce your nose, <laughs> pierce your bowls. She says, oh, you're Americans. You don't understand that. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, all right, I want to play. Well, I'll have you know I've had my balls pierced since then. It's, a, <laughs> it's an acquired taste. <laughs> but we, we, asked, I, we asked him, like, well, where was he? Was he in Europe? Just, no. He was like four blocks from where we were. Wow drinking on the street in one of these open-air bars, one ambulance goes by, and that's all we saw of it. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, and and the worst part of it is Liberty got shut down the next day, and we all had to go back to the ship. Man, I yeah, hate when I assassination. Yeah, right. I, mean, I hate when assassinations get your liberty secured. Um, yeah, was- I want to do like a new feature on the program, all right? And it's called This or That, Okay. Yeah. So this is my this or that of the week. Which has a greater chance chance of happening in your each of your esteemed opinion? Kamala Harris being the president or Gavin Newsom being impeached? Removed from office. Recalled. Recalled. Timmy, you haven't spoken in a while. I say Gavin Newsom recalled is going to happen before Kamala becomes president. All right. Jeff? Yeah, I agree. From where I sit, things ain't looking good for all the handsome guys. <laughs> Will? 
I mean, I think the odds of Kamala Harris being president are pretty high. Uh, and I see Newsom is opening up the COVID restrictions, trying to buy some people off. But with yeah. Jeff's finger on the pulse out there, I'll, I will take that as heavy indicator that it's going to happen. Wow. Newsom gets recalled. That, as yeah. opposed to this. That thing got then, funded in a big way. And then Mac is going to run for governor. You should run for governor. I Mac. should run for governor. If I didn't have so much shit in my closet, I would. Bless no, you. Don't have, you don't. Hey, we wouldn't say a word. You, <laughs> you guys us. don't even. You guys don't even know it. The um. Yeah. Just deny it, man. You, you know. Like, yeah. No, what you do is you just you just make it worse. That was what Trump taught everybody. Don't even bother. Just 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 go with it. Make it. Burn it fucking down. All right. What else? Uh, anything exciting coming up in your life before we get to this? Is supposed to be 30 minutes, but, you know, this is not really a program. This is us shooting the shit and then putting it on the, putting it on the air. Oh. <laughs> it's like the male view. Exactly. Yeah, that's about what it is. Only, only we're doing sea stores. Who's going to be making McCain, stuff. though? I mean, gee whiz. So, um, before we get to what you're reading, um, anything coming up in your your life, Timmy? Coming up this weekend? You doing anything this week? I am not doing anything this week except for uh, 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 plowing through my studies. My next big event will be in March at the Soldier of Fortune Annual. Uh, range week in uh, in New Mexico. Oh, wow! What are you going to yeah. be doing? What are you going to be doing there? Well, I get invited because I'm one of the you know I'm, I wrote for him and I was on the cover and stuff. So we all get invited. I, I go up there and shoot skeet mostly. I want to talk about. I'm talking to a guy about a book deal, so I'm, I've got business book business to, to what, accomplish. Are you going to write a book or what? Do you I've, yeah, I've, I'm 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 well on my way, bro. I've that done. What I've what's done. your what's your book about? It's uh, it encapsulates my observations of Afghanistan, not in a chronicle, logical story about me, but by addressing what I saw in the in the uh, in in different segments. For instance, I was a uh, I ran the American uh, Embassy uh, Security Guard Force, and that's that's a whole separate chapter. There's a chapter on Baghdad. American being, Embassy Security Department. So, but you were you working for the State Department? No, no, no. I was a no, dude. I was a contractor. So I, I, I bought in the first group to take over the American Embassy guards from. It was a weapons company out of Six Marines who was there. This was uh, 2005. It was a bridge contract because they hadn't awarded the real contract, and we ended up on the bridge contract holding on to that thing for a couple of years. I, I didn't stay that that long. I only I only stayed there till the summer. I hated the job. It sucked, and I, I went on to do other things. But then in the different segments I worked in, such as the a PSD with uh, diplomats, uh, uh, I, I talk about humanitarians versus heavily armed humanitarians, which was our crew versus uh, State Department stuff. And I and I try to extract some lessons learned. Um, I've got a whole a whole chapter on the Marines and helmet because, you know, I I was I was able to fly in there. And when when uh, shit, I was there the day that the uh, killer took over from Mel as a as a three for Larry Nichols, or General Nicholson. Excuse me. I, I hate it when guys talk flippantly about generals I like. You know what I mean? So I don't mean that to insult anybody who's a fan of uh, General Nicholson, who, who was a company commander and 
uh, back when I was in one nine. I've known him. For, Do you, for does long. it bother you when they talk flippantly about generals you don't like? Oh no, hell no! I'm I'm all over that stuff. If it's a guy I like, though, I, I don't I don't want to talk about it too much. You know, I, I wanted to talk about this this nonsense about locking down the inauguration because of white supremacist threats or whatnot. But that brings me into the territory of of General Allen, who I generally like and whatnot, and his unhinged writings about right wing lunacy. And so I don't even want to talk about that. Has, now specifically has he written? Like has Allen. he written something recently? Not nah, two years ago in Brookings. We bought it up at the time. That was uh, that was last year, bro. That was a long time ago. But I don't want to get in there. I don't want to say bad things about Joe Allen. See, that's that's how I roll. You're but uh, you're a good man. Will uh, Will that? Will would say it. Jeffrey would sure as hell say it. And he'd apologize afterwards, but he'd say it. Yeah. You know, I like the guy, but yeah. No, I've been very disappointed by some of the stuff that he's written and this whole fiction about there's going to be at every state capital uh, white supremacy. The white supremacy, what are you talking about? That's like, what, 2,000 guys or some some knuckleheads up in Idaho and down in Florida? I mean, this is not even a legitimate concern. And I just get tired of the, once again, the differing realities. You know, you've got reality, which is which is all the protests were from the left in Portland and, and Seattle. And you've got what the media and what the politicians are saying as if it's real, and it's getting to be annoying, just annoying as shit. Notice how hydroxychloroquine's been rehabilitated by the doctors. Oh, go figure. You're kidding. You know, I mean, stuff like that is just piling up and piling up and piling up. And so you've got to make an effort not to look at that stuff or to I I just try to ignore it as best as I can because it's it's maddening to, to me. That uh, that people say this stuff and get away with it. This this whole COVID thing is infuriating to me. But I'm I'm done bitching about it because nobody cares. Yeah, everybody bitches. But what are you going to do about it? Jeff said something about voting them out in two years. I'm not sure how that's ever going to work again. Vote them out? What? Yeah, how are you going nice. to vote them out? Yeah, how are you going to vote them out? You got to be shitting me. You, you didn't learn anything in 2020. You're not voting these people out. So I don't. I'm I'm discouraged. So there you go. How's that? Wow. Around the world in 30 seconds, man. With Tim Lynch. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. Jeff, do you have anything coming up that's exciting that you'd like to share with the group? Well, um, the job I got right now switched the uh, contracting companies. So it's uh, it's like a lot of uh, computer work and, you know, onboarding, they call it, you know what I mean, from for another, uh, another bunch. It's just a pain in the neck and uh you know the last bunch we had we gave them our routing number and our uh you know our uh our uh our uh you know our account number and bang we just started getting paid this is like pain in the neck an actual company trying to take you over yeah low bid technically acceptable brother well yeah there you go how about uh how about you will you got anything uh anything exciting up in uh, upstate new york where you're being snowed in uh, no, I'm going to be here for another week and a half. Just help out around the house. What do you? No what's plans. your prime? What's your primary skill around the house? What do you contribute? Now, days, yes, I cook dinner every night. <laughs> what? Uh, what is? I mean, do you have a specialty? What's your? Well, I mean, tonight we had uh, 
We had uh, lobster bisque, which I didn't make, uh, grilled lamb chops, roasted <laughs> vegetables, a little salad. Yeah, yeah. Dad, lamb uh, chops are good, man. Yeah, that's what I do. You know, a little uh, lower-carb sort of grilled meat, vegetable, salad, have it on the table at 6.30 kind of a thing. That's what I do. But you don't have a specialty. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm just generally good at all of that stuff. Generally good. <laughs> it's in most things. It's in most things. <laughs> I'm do I'm do I, you know, I might be, I might go to DC this weekend. Um my, yeah, my daughter-in-law is getting uh, a, a certificate I think as a CrossFit instructor, so she's they're off someplace. I'm in Cherry Point, so I might go up and see Patrick, who just bought a house a few months ago, uh, northeast of DC. So I might go over up, go over and check his house up, spend a day, and then uh, so I drive up there either Friday night. How far is DC from Cherry Point? It's like six hours, man. Yeah, six, seven, eight hours at the most. Yeah, yeah, at least. Fuck. Should it take you an hour to get the 95 from Cherry Point? Cherry Point is out in the sticks. Who sided this yeah. shit, man? Yeah, it's a long way to get the 95 from there. Yeah, so, anyway, so I'm thinking about doing that, but I didn't think it was eight hours. No, it's, about, it's less than eight. Yeah. You guys don't know shit. Look it up. I'm going to do it right now. Okay, <laughs> then give me your best guess. Travel time. Where are you going? Where are you going in D.C.? I'm going to put Washington, D.C. I'll put the White House. Okay, Seven when and are half you going? Hours. Yeah. When are you traveling? going? Friday night. After, right. after rush hour. Rush hour in Cherry Point? Are you shitting nah, me? Man, he, 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 yeah, he'll be, he won't hit traffic till Richmond. Right. Yeah. Um, and if, you, if you leave at like 1600, you won't even hit, hit it bad in Richmond. Yeah, yeah, you'll, be, you'll miss all the traffic. Okay, so according to Google. Seven hours and ten minutes. You're wrong. Jeffrey, okay. one down, Arlene. I'd say six hours and 50 minutes. You're wrong. Timothy. Six Not, hours and 31. Five hours and 22 minutes. You guys aren't even fucking close. What? How embarrassing. How fucking embarrassing. I've driven that so yeah. many fucking times. Well, then how could yeah. you be so wrong? I'm not wrong. Your you're fucking uh, Google's wrong. It's run by a commie named Disbrough Rutherbucker. Well, what are you going to do? This information. You're going to bring a coffee can and piss in it? I mean, you got to stop. Yeah, exactly. In, in LAR, we ran total time, LD to objective, right, to include hot checks and all those other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. next time we do this, if we're going to be on, I'm I'm going to have a podcast uniform I'm going to wear. Well, go put, your, go put your uniform on. Well, I don't have it yet. I have to think about it. Oh, you're going to develop, you're like, like Patton, you're going to develop your own uniform? Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I may come just like a... Uh, like a sheik or a uh, Roman general or, you know. Viking helmet. Samurai, samurai, samurai you know, uh, samurai warrior, you know. I'll Roman. tell you what, if you do that, we'll record it and we'll play the video on on it. 
Jeffrey shows up in costume. Yes. A uniform. A, no, he should be costume. in a Civil War uniform, and he should adopt the voice of uh, of Grant. John Allen. No, so, no, no, that's a re- that's a rebel voice. We're no never, treason here, bro. Never call a Southern no. man Gooba, sir. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll dress up like a a, a a knight from the Ro- the War of Roses, and I'll be I'll be John, Sir John, the Earl of Rutherford, and. Uh, <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> I don't no, know, Jeff. You, uh, you might get kicked off of YouTube for that. Yeah, <laughs> you got to go, uh, go Major Juve with the Vikings. Oh, that's a good idea, except I'm short and squat, and he is tall, <laughs> rangy dude. But, uh, yeah, uh, Marine Corps just blew Deltas with a Viking hat with horns sticking out of it. And, uh, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> All right. There's there's strippers in the back. It, it'd be an ersatz Viking helmet as a as as a, a Swedish part Swedish descendant. I must. I gotta tell you, no horns in the helmets, bro. No, none. I used to have a Viking helmet too. I just don't know where it is now. Uh, no horns in a helmet. Is that historic? Nah, I never wore horns in a helmet. No, never. No, the never? Vikings didn't even. No, hell no. Think about it. If you're in a melee, that's that's. That that thing is not going to do you any favors whatsoever. It's easy to get, you know, easy to get an axe caught in that damn thing or start ripping your head around. Nah, nobody's going to wear horns. It's just a. It's well, just where another, did it come from? Where did the horns thing come from? Um, I think eighteen hundreds uh, comic book type stuff. Somebody somebody came up with that thing in a, as a trope, and it became uh, very common. Yeah. I don't know. What I do know is Hawaii became a possession of ours in 1898 because of the Spanish-American War. I had to look that up, being a Hawaiian by birth. Yeah, I you didn't I'd seem be. very strong on your Hawaiian history, being a native no, Hawaiian. No, I'm not at all. Hey, dude, I'm a howling, bro. I stay a howling. Well, you what should you at least yeah. understand the fucking history. You should have read it once in your life, you think? I did read it once in my life, brother, but I've got a lot of stuff crammed in this noggin of mine, as, as I think the, the three of you know. Uh, it's, uh, it's awfully hard to, to access all the information that's stored in here. I think back to the uh, to, to the decision making class and how I try to get get you know increase my access to my uh, short term RAM, but I, I can't remember how the hell I'm supposed to do that. You know, uh, you're not. You're not. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I think that's a. That's a forlorn hope for you to do that. Well, how about you, man? What are you doing now? You- are you going to be on the road again next week, or when are you going to head up to D.C.? Well, I think I, I'll only spend a day. I think I might go see Boomer Milstead. He's having the wow. – yeah. So I think I might uh, I might hang out Friday night and go over and have dinner with the Milsteads, and then uh, Saturday morning get up early and then drive and get to D.C., spend the day with Patrick and uh, his fiance, and spend the night there, drive back Sunday, stop – and have uh, lunch with Dave and Linda Furness. Ah, uh, cool, man. That'd be awesome. And then drive. You should, you should go and uh, spend an evening in Swansboro. You haven't lived until so you've had limbo in Swansboro. <laughs> and then I'll come back and uh, I'll spend the week at New River. And um, and then uh, I'll spend the weekend so that I'll be able to stay with my daughter-in-law and my grandson. And uh, so I'll be cool. And then uh, the following week, I'll drive down to Buford on Sunday. Never been, never been there. And uh, I'll go to Buford and spend, I think, four days down there. And then come back and then fly out the next day. 
So uh, I met a nice yep. guy, my, my Uber driver. Um, you know, he's just being, you know, chatting with me and asked me what I was doing. And I told him and, and he and he said, uh, well, I had a son killed by a drunk driver. And he started talking oh, about, wow. yeah, he started talking about his life. I said, well, would you like to come? He said, I'd love to. So, oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, so just, you know, cool stuff that happens to you. So I've, uh, I've never spent, I've never spent this much time in the Carolinas. And so, uh. But nine hours a day talking. Um, That's tough. You know here what? You are talking now. Yeah, and I, I was up after midnight. I was up till after midnight last night like an idiot. But um, this staff sergeant's wife calls me, shoots me an email and says, um, I was at that Las Vegas mass shooting. My husband's in 1-4. He saw your thing this past summer and told me I had to talk to you. I'm doing uh, research for a Ph.D. Uh, I've got a proposal in, um, and uh, but I've been very nervous to contact you. So she sends she says that in an email, you know. So you know it's it's a relatively lengthy email, and I answered it in like two seconds. Right, you baby, call me. <laughs> right. right? And so she then sends back, it took me six years, to, six months to write that email, and you answered it in 12 seconds. <laughs> and I said, are you kidding me? Just pick up the phone and call. So I had a great conversation with her. And, and, and I'll tell you this, I, I, don't, I don't know really how to articulate this. And I am coming to the conclusion that the vast majority of therapy that happens in this country is a waste of time. Yeah. 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 You know, that's that's a shocker. Yeah. The vast majority of therapy is, is in my opinion, is a waste of time. It's not productive. It's a, uh, it's a cover your ass event and it's funded by insurance companies and uh, everybody's liabilities covered. And it's a money maker. It is. It is not productive. And so, I'm. Uh, so I had a very interesting conversation. Her thoughts about it. And uh, then I had another. You know, Lance Corporal. She came up to me today, and you know, and she she says I've gone to four therapists, and it's. <clears throat> and I talk about the that therapy is a three legged stool. Stool. They've got to get you. You've got to get them, and then together you've got to make progress. That's not easy. That's not easy. Right? right? And so, and again, not everybody that's a therapist is a good therapist. And so, you know, the trick is to find someone that's good for you, right? And then to make progress. So, um, but she said she went to four and now she just, she won't go anymore. So, interesting conversation. Interesting conversation. Yeah. I mean, and today was very interesting. I mean, guys, you know, different, you know, and you guys, I mean, different people coming up and, and, uh, you know, how this thing has impacted them. And, and, uh, so very cool day. So I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, uh, but it should be, I mean, it's been cool. The, the wing sergeant major was there, introduced it this morning. Another sergeant major came up and had a, you know, talked to me about, you know, never seen anything like this. I heard about it both good and bad and I said what What do you mean who said something bad about 
I said, you got a name? Like, who are we talking? <laughs> who, who are we talking about? And but so anyway, so no, I'm I'm a I'm I'm, I'm having a therapist. Yeah, I'm having a good time. So <laughs> so anyway, and again, I'll, I'll get to see. You know, if I go up and see Patrick, um, now that I know it's only five hours and twenty two minutes, not seven and a half hours. The fuck, man! Really? You'll be stuck in traffic. <laughs> stuck in traffic there by uh, by uh, fucking traffic. Traffic it's in your pants. Yeah, but it, yeah Tra- you're not even taking it. You ought to listen to the experienced ones. It's going to take you seven hours, dude. Wait till you get. <laughs> wait till you get. Just just after you leave Fredericksburg, it's going to be shit. Tra- the traffic idiot brothers. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this: How many miles do you think it is? Three. Uh, I don't know Cherry Point for sure, but it's three twenty-five. Three twenty-five. Three twenty-five. Tim. Two ninety. Jeff. Yeah, I'm like uh, I'd say three ten. There it is. We're we're grouping. Will yeah. William wins. Three hundred and forty-one. Congratulations, you Will. You're welcome. You semi Jeff once again is wrong, right? Which is becoming a trend on the program. And Tim wronger wronger than Jeff. Congratulations, Tim. I think statistically, uh, I think in reality, the last time I was the closest, bro. So I'm I've gone from winner now to goat. Not too sure how it's working. Democrat rules here appear to be in play, and uh, <laughs> you know, so good for you. But I don't think that's. I don't think really is going to see it that way. About how far? What, what part of DC you're going? <laughs> yeah, I said the White House. Take that consideration. I said the White House. All right, let's. Uh, so to end this thing, what are you reading, Timothy? Well, I listened to Will last week and got that uh, Age of Gold because it's from H.W. Brands. And I liked reading the damn thing because it talks about how these guys set up these gigantic monopolies and vertically integrated cartels and use that to manipulate the political process. I find that of interest in today. But I also got an original book. And I got to I got to tell you, American Buffalo by Steve Ranella. You ever hear of him? Never. Ever, ever any of you guys, That's Steve or no? About the nickel? About the nickel? Uh, no, but it's see, you're close. Steve Ranella is a guy that does meat eaters that uh, show on on Netflix. A professional hunter is, is is what he is. But but a very very interesting guy. I heard him on Rogan before. He starts off the book talking about this, you know, trying to butcher this this uh, this this buffalo that he shot in Alaska. Then he gets into the stream of consciousness with the wooden with the buffalo nickel and how the buffalo is 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 like in, in many states. I mean, he goes on this thing that is just amazingly amusing to me. Ending with the point where he walks into some place in New York that's a lofty, uh, a fancy store where they once had the head of the buffalo on the buffalo nickel, which is named Brand Exercise. And he came in, he said to the girl, you know the head from Brandy was right there in that wall? And she looks at him like he's crazy, and he goes walking out, goes to the zoo, and the guy at the zoo says, you're not the first guy looking for the buffalo. Apparently, uh, a lot of nickel and corn enthusiasts are trying to hunt for the head of the buffalo that was on a buffalo nickel. And you're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But it all makes sense. Then he goes back to talking about how he was a kid in Montana and grew up hunting. And it's the most damn enjoyable read 
that's about this country, about about the, the kind of people you find in this country. It's got no politics or nothing to it. We're talking about the American bison, bison, bison. And, I, and I'm just enjoying the hell out of that because I, I pounded through the age of gold very quickly. That was a fascinating book. Wow. Fascinating. And I like H.W. Brands anyway, so there you go. That's a, he's a good writer. And a Texan, of course. Just wanted to throw that in there. Like all the good historians. You're not a Texan. I am now. I get the... Yeah. No, none of the famous Texans were actually born here except for Fehrenbach. The rest of them are all freaking immigrants like me, bro. Mm-hmm. I get to claim Texas status now. Tim's, there was a sometimes we, Tim's Hawaiian, sometimes he's Massachusetts. And never Hawaiian, dude. I was never Hawaiian. I was born there, but I've never claimed Hawaiian uh, uh, as a legitimate dude. Uh, you, you know how it is for, for for white kids growing up in Hawaii. Not a happy place. Not a happy place at all. But we don't talk about that because that's you know that's not with the uh, narrative. Yeah, so I don't. I don't claim Hawaii. It's a it's a it's an island full of thugs and malcontents, as far as I'm concerned. Wow! At least that's, no, least I had I had friends in like lucky in they're not accepting tourists there. these days, or you'd be you'd be in big trouble. <laughs> I was born there, man. I got rights. I'm sure. No, but you but just re- you just renounced all rights to the state of Hawaii. Not technically. Well, I mean, when, you when should was, because when, you don't know shit about their history, and I, so I mean, come on. I was I was just giving you some insides gouge from dependents who grew up there uh, in Hawaii. Not happy, very happy to leave. Very happy to leave. So hell with Hawaii. I'm in. Te- I'm a Texan now, just like Allen West. You guys can go to hell. I'm going to Texas. That's what. That's what I said. You're not a Texan. I know. It's like what is, what is it? Fucking Halloween. Fucking Halloween tonight. Wearing, what was I wearing at, at Day for Ness's change of command? Cowboy boots, big, big black sports coat. That makes you a Texan. At least I looked the part. Come on. What the fuck? Yeah. That's half the battle record. They made a movie. They should have Tim play Jim Bowie. They made another movie about the Alamo, right? Just what the world needs. One more Alamo movie. Same size as Bowie. Bowie might have been a little thicker than me, but we're the same height. You know, I I- you're boring Will, okay? He's scrolling through his phone, right? Oh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm looking up American Buffalo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I'm telling you, that's an enjoyable book. That's another one you can just burn right through. So you just you just picked it up as a piece of pleasure reading. I, I don't... I, I don't get up in the morning and read the news anymore. I'm I'm serious. I, I pay attention to Grant so I can have some idea if I need to talk about something current with you guys. But it's, I, I don't read the news. I spend my I get up. I spend two hours writing. And then the, before I start doing schoolwork, I read for pleasure. Really? I, I go to the gym first and I come back and read for pleasure. And then at night I read for pleasure. I mean, I don't know, I don't own a TV. We uh, we're not we're not TV folks at the house. We're readers. And I like it. It's fun. I still don't. Yeah. I still don't really understand how you hit yourself in the forehead with a door. (laughs) Brother, I could, I could. I I, I understand that you opened it slow because you didn't want to wake up your girl. I tell you what. I don't understand how you then accelerated the door and bounced it off your forehead. The next time, the next time I see you, I'll stage you in front of a door. We're using the same velocity. I'll demonstrate the move to you, and you tell me if you don't have it. And, and we can see. We can do an experiment. I, I can. I can duplicate. Oh, the move. holy shit! Will's a Texan now. Kansas. 
Yeah. Oh, you yeah. can tell by the flatter brim. Kansas City. He's right. he's dressed up like one of like Pretty Boy Floyd. Yeah. The next time I next time I go to a change of command, I'm bringing a hat with me too. I didn't have that last time. I I, I was half ass. What the See, fuck? People are already trying to put on uniforms for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt him. Jeffrey, what are you reading these days? Nothing. I'm doing this onboarding stuff, and it's daunting. Oh, really? So I'm not reading them for a couple days. Wow. William, what are you reading? Uh, I am reading Anthony and Cleopatra by Adrian Goldsworthy. So I think I was reading it last week. It's uh, This guy Goldsworthy wrote, ancient history and uh this book and he's good at this uh, i read another book of his he tells you what he knows based on the sources and he tells you what he doesn't know based on the sources and he says this is likely conjecture this is likely true uh, this is likely false because he really gets into the sources and so it's uh so far, it's an alternating chapter history of Antony and Cleopatra that eventually will merge into one storyline. So, uh, just uh, he's a very good writer. Uh, interesting book. Why are you reading that? Um, one, I read another book by him. I can't remember what it was. He's a good writer. Two, I find um, you can learn a lot about the about the current world by understanding the ancient world, um, yeah. particularly that's the Greeks. That's so that's bullshit. I, you know, I like I, I, all these all the hybrids say that Who's shit. Oh, you no, have no, to no, read no. the classics. If you don't understand no, the classics, no. you don't understand who is shit. The best Mac. Who is the best current events writer today? James Horner. Victor Davis Hanson. No, Victor Davis Hanson oh, is the no. best current events writer. He's a classicist. Because he knows this history. Yeah. That's oh, why. that's the link. That's why he's the you best writer read, today. I'll tell you, you read his stuff. You need to back away from Victor David Hudson, okay? Oh, dude, please. Will, back away, an arm's length at least. You haven't, you haven't read enough of him. Who is Victor David Hanson named after? Do you know? Victor, uncle, Victor Hugo, uncle, Jefferson uncle. Davis... And Larry no, no, Hansen. No, he's named after an uncle that was killed. It was a Marine killed in Okinawa. Boom. What? Is that Camp Hansen named after? No, 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 no. Who's Camp oh, Hansen? No, Who is Camp Hansen named after? It's named after a Hansen kid who got killed winning the Medal of Honor. Just like Schwab. No, that's, like not Victor. that's not Victor. That's not his, his uncle. Okay. No. No. Will looks very intimidating with that hat on. That's why I wear it. <laughs> I'm not reading anything. I'm not reading shit. I'm just I'm just working. Like unlike unlike yeah. unlike you fuckers, I work. Yeah, work is highly overrated. Right, Tim? <laughs> I'll say. Yeah, it is. I'm telling you. I agree. <laughs> the night the nightingale had to get it in there one time. I agree. But Jeff, you're the you're the one that's actually working these days, inputting all that paperwork. Oh, fuck it, man. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do? Do you go into the... Where do you actually go to work? I work down at the meth. 
So you go down to MEF and you like get on a typewriter and you you type all day. Well, let's see. Last week I taught. Um, was up at uh, by uh, Rattlesnake Canyon Road. This uh, this logistics debt. They're going to be training some people in uh, Kala Moana. You know that stuff. So they get, gave them a class on uh, you know how to use interpreters, shit like that. Basic engagement stuff. How to use interpreters? Yeah, how to use an interpreter. The best way to use them. What's the best way? Don't they normally interpret? They translate? Is there another way? No, is, there, is there another use for them? Yeah, there's a lot more to it. It's Depends on how, how complex the shit you're doing is, you know? All right. All right. So you make an assessment of the complexity, and then you, then you like... Then you like give them uh, you give them the gouge on uh, you give them the gouge on. Yeah, the you gotta get to know them. You gotta make sure they understand you, you know. And then uh, and then if you're doing complex stuff, they get tired because it's exhausting. Tra- you know, hearing one language, uh, changing it to yours in your head, telling it to another guy, listening to what he says, changing it around again to English, and then turning it back to you. It gets fatiguing for them. So you gotta. That's just an example. You gotta. Take into account that. How stuff. many hours can an interpreter interpret? Depends on the guy. Yeah, it does. Yeah, now, it are, does. are these interpreters going to be hired locally? Well, there's three types. There's a type that's hired locally, and uh, they have no clearance. Then there's a Cat 1. They have a secret clearance. So they're going to be at least a green card guy, probably a citizen. And then Cat 3 is another shit guy with a top secret clearance. And the the... the but if you want to get a feel for the narrative of what's going on in the place you're you're going to be advising people, the most valuable ones are the Cat 1 because they're from there. Right. They probably were there when you got there, right. and they know the dynamics of the unit and stuff like that. Right. I, I'll give you a pro tip from the outside the wire guy. Always have more than one interpreter with you. Always. Yes. Always. Never, I ne- my primary interpreter never interpreted for shit. He just told me if the interpreter was telling me the right thing. Yeah. Because it's exhausting for him, is right, particularly with knuckleheads like me. I, I couldn't speak past. I saved my ass. Got it. I don't know where Will went. He quit. No, he sent a, le- a text. He had to go, brother. He's got a, he's got dishes and shit to do. Apparently. Oh, he sent a text. Yeah. Taking care of his folks. Yeah, yeah. He got to see it to go. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's just making that shit up. I'm on. Hey, I'm on to him. What'd you say, Mom? <laughs> Mom's call. I gotta go. <laughs> there you go. Jeff knows how to do it, but you're supposed to say... Get over here. <laughs> you're supposed to say, would you say Ma? Right? Yeah. Not Mom. Yeah. Anyway. All right, boys. Look, this was a total waste of fucking time, okay? <laughs> I have to tell you this. I, video, I thoroughly enjoyed it. We sat here and talked about nothing for almost two fucking hours like a bunch of idiots. And yeah. an hour and 35 minutes. And uh, it was a total waste yeah. of time, but it was absolutely enjoyable. Yes, it was. I, I tell you. I think we could do an hour just on Marines coming off of the uh, off of ships out of the out of the cooks thing in the middle of exercises. God, do I have stories about? No, this. You, well, you know, I do want to have a serious conversation about um, this notion of the staff and seals of the Marine Corps have retreated. 
Yeah, that's a that's a whole different thing. I want. Yeah, I, want, I, I mean, because uh, I have more and more of them come up to me, and I meant, you know, I talk about it now. I said, hey, we're <laughs> we're losing. The Marine Corps is losing the barracks war. And people, when, when you said senior lance corporal, I thought you were bullshitting me. I'm like, come no, on, no. No, there can't be such a thing. But no, I'm reading that book on one nine, and it's in there. And I'm like, holy shit! I I am, am mystified. But with all right, hey, with all rights, they're unto pertaining. Yeah, no shit. I mean, I I I remember the happy days at Horno in the squad base, bro. That was that was easy. When you, when you had to when you had to knock on the curtain and you didn't dare fucking violate the curtain. Oh, unheard of. I mean, yeah, yeah, but there wasn't any senior Lance Corporals. Holy shit, man. That's yeah. weird stuff. Yeah, you violate the fucking curtain, something good, you're gonna get your ass fucking beat. Mm-hmm. And they would knock on the curtain. Oh yeah. Oh oh, oh yeah. <laughs> It's three called times. it's called customs and courtesies in the Marine Corps. Yeah. If yeah, you approach a be- much like a penitentiary. Exactly. If you approach an embroidered curtain with chevrons on it, what is the appropriate way to <laughs> enter? You knock on the curtain three times. Right. But and wait until somebody says enter. <laughs> exactly. Enter. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, are, that was the protocol I, I, of the curtain. Can't, I can't imagine how you don't start your day in the rear with a formation, a company formation. I mean, we, it's not, it's how do you? Well, again, you can see it's really interesting to to hear the staff and CO perspective of it. Yeah. Um, in that they're now dealing with a generation of staff and COs that have no idea what you and I would be talking about. That's so weird. Yeah, they, 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 so now the older staff and CEOs are saying we have to go back to that, and then they get this, like, what are you talking about, look? Like, knowing the Marines as a staff sergeant, that's my sergeant's job. <laughs> no, I mean... Yeah, that's so, a, yeah, my ass. Everything's being passed on down. Well, oh, that's great. So my question is, then what are you doing all day? Yeah. Are you working on a list? Are you working on a new list? Like, what are you doing? If you're not doing that, what the fuck are you doing? I thought that was your job, your job, you know? So anyway, I mean, I, I, I because let me tell you, it's a real problem in the Marine Corps, and you can see that the increased isolation with the cell phone, right, and then staff NCOs retreating and into that vacuum – Rolls the senior Lance Corporal at 3 o'clock in the morning. And that's the fucking way it is in the barracks. And now it's like, and then, and, and Jeff can attest to this. You have regiments and battalion telling, you know, officers and staff and COs, once during the weekend, you have to, you have to go tour the barracks. So there's this constant parade of officers and staff and COs walking on the walkways, you know. But they don't, you know, the Marines know. Like so and so's here, so and so's here, right? Like that's gonna stop something when they want to when they want to do nefarious shit. So, so, but it, it's but again and again, if it's a problem in the Marine Corps, it's a problem throughout, right? The DOD, and that is you know, and, and I tell them, look, you know, I said, do you guys know who the therapist of the Marine Corps used to be? Before we, we had mental health or before there was any such diagnosis of PTSD, you know who were our therapists? Our staff NCOs. They're our therapists. And, and here's the deal, 
right? These guys don't have serious mental illnesses. They're not, you know, bipolar. They're not schizophrenic. They're not, they don't have severe depression. They don't have personality disorder. They're getting their asses kicked in life. And then instead of pulling them deeper into the tribe like I got, with my gunny telling me you'll never get over it, they get sent outside the tribe, which further fractures them. Oh, yeah, you do have a problem. No, you fucking don't. You don't have a problem that anybody else here doesn't have, and you don't have a problem that you can't fight through. So so I, I just want to have that conversation at some point. Yeah, it's just it's weird. I mean, I I, I don't think old first Sergeant Daly. I, that was like the highlight of his day was morning formation. He'd go around and fuck with people. It was be- it was a thing of art to watch him it was start working over Lance Corporals who had bad attitudes. Jesus, hilarious, yeah. right? I don't know. And it's, hilarious. It's a thing of art. All right, Jeff's getting tired. Yeah, yeah, Me my too. phone's running out of juice. I got <laughs> I got to find a power source. Hi, right, boys. Thanks for the visit tonight. Hey, man. See you, brother. the longest show about nothing I've ever done in my life. But let me tell you, I had, I had a good time. I had a good time doing it. So, yeah, a show about nothing. A Seinfeld episode. Right? So that's what you're going to see. A show about nothing. But uh, it was a good time. So, uh, have a great day. They'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> right? They'll be back tomorrow. Um, yeah, today was, uh, for me, today was great. And just a chance to meet, um, Marines and talk to them and, and affirm for them that they can get through what's in front of them. And this is a path that you can walk. And then you just hope that they begin to do 
you know what what this advocates for stop faking it start talking about your shit and if you do that you can get through anything and then uh, the Marines that come up to you it's very heartening very heartening so anyway um, with that said this has gone long enough have a great have a great day the Mensa Brothers back tomorrow in a briefer form no doubt so on a uh, Wednesday All Marine Radio out